Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molly, your host. If you're new to the show, welcome. We've over 125 episodes which you can listen back to with a mix of players, coaches and people involved around the highest level of the game. Today's episode is a different format to usual. Last month I was at the Web Summit in Portugal. The Web Summit is one of the largest tech conferences in the world and it has a sports angle to it also. I was there initially to interview Patrick Mortoglu, a.k.a. the coach, and ex-Andy Murray and Dimitrov coach Danny Valvadu on the topic of high-performance mindset and what it takes to be the best. Late on, plans changed for various reasons, and I got the great opportunity to interview Andres Villas-Bos, a well-respected football coach. Also importantly, the topic stayed the same, and there was plenty to learn from Andreas, who had worked with some of the world's best players. Andreas worked under legendary soccer coaches Bobby Robson and Jose Mourinho. He then went unbeaten for a season managing Porto, win four titles and he was the youngest manager to ever win a European title. He also managed Chelsea, Tottenham Hotspur, Zenit St. Petersburg, Marseille and more. It was a first for me carrying out an interview live on stage in front of four to five hundred people which end up really enjoying. Andreas did most of the talking and there was so much to learn from him, which I know you'll take something from. There's also a video version of this available, and you find it on our website at functionaltennis.com forward slash podcast if you want to check it out. Before we start, a shout out to our podcast sponsor, Slinger, who make the awesome portable ball machine, the Slinger Bag. Head over to slingerbag.com to get all the info on the Slinger Bag. And if you have any burning questions, feel free to contact me. Finally, a shout out to the team at the Web Summit for giving me the great opportunity to interview Andres Villaspose on stage. Okay, here we go. Hi, Andre. Hi. Hi. How hey are guys. you? Hi. Uh, welcome. We have a lot of entrepreneurs here, uh, college students, people who want to be really successful. Can you tell me, is there a magic pill they can take to get that winning mindset? Well, uh, I think it's a, a mixture of talent and uh, luck of being in the right place at the right time. So. Uh, there's never a um, uh, specific res- recipe for uh, success. Um, I've been very, very intrigued recently with, uh, with peak performance, uh, particularly a guy called uh, Stephen Kotler in America, which is uh, very interested in flow. He has uh, written a book called uh, The Rise of Superman, uh, and he speaks a lot about uh, action sports athletes. Uh, so basically people who face the moment of death when they are, uh, when they are uh, exercising. So uh, I'm very, very intrigued with peak performance and, uh, and uh, I've been chasing, you know, what, uh, how can we achieve, how can we be peak performance? When can we be recognized at the peak of our performance? And what prevents us from uh, being a peak performer? So uh, this is all questions, you know, uh, sometimes when we have this time off from, uh, from clubs, we dwell into this kind of... Uh, of uh, philosophies and uh, and is uh, and uh, I've been very very intrigued with uh, with peak performance and what I find is that uh, and I think it's transversal to to businesses is that um, you need to be a highly motivated individual uh, you need to be very very specific on the objectives and normally peak performance set up their objectives very very high uh, you know. I recognize then, you know, I, I studied my career. I look back at my career sometimes. I, I, I recognize myself as a peak performer when I was in Porto, which was my, well, the club and the city where I was born. So yeah. uh, I was born a Porto fan. Uh, 
And I recognize myself then as a peak performer on my career because, uh, you know, I, I knew the club, I knew the methods, I knew the communication, I knew how the fans reacted. I was a, I was a coach of the youth levels. I was a, I was a, a ultra supporter in the stands. So I recognize my peak performance there and, uh, and, uh, and it's very, very important to, uh, to find that motivation, to find those objectives, to set them high. But then, of course, to, you know, to, to continue to be at the top. I have done a 12 years uh, career. I've won seven trophies. I asked myself, what could I have done? You know, you know why not 20 in 12 years or, uh, or, or not 12 in 12? So sometimes you have to go through this process. These processes are very, very important, driven individuals. And, uh, and I think of us, you know, uh, Netflix is, is on demand uh, right now. And, um, and there is a few good stories there recently in this, uh, this uh, recent one that they released called Untold, which is the, the story about Marty Fish and the story about uh, Kathleen Jenner. And you find that uh, at a specific time in their career where they felt that they were stagnant, they found an extra motivation to put in more hours to be more successful. And both of them is, uh, is very similar. Mardi, uh, you know, he dropped, uh, you are in tennis, you know, he dropped to 150th in the world in ATP rankings. And then he went on to be at uh, number eight and, uh, yeah. and called up for, um, for, yeah. uh, for London uh, in the best eight players in the world. And, uh, and Kathleen, she, she was the same, basically, you know, that dip in performance and then setting up the objective to beat Ivanov and to be, uh, and yeah. to be Olympic champion in, uh, in the decathlon. So this, this is, I think, is probably the, the best message that you can find is that, is that, you know, to be very, very driven and highly motivated uh, individual. And you mentioned a 15, 12, 15 year career, but how do these athletes plan a career? You say successful people have a plan, go through a plan. Well, uh, what, what is the conundrum here in the case of football? Is that at the top, you have two people who meet that are very, very different from each other. You have Messi, which all of us recognize as raw talent. And you have a highly motivated, driven individual like Ronaldo who wanted to be the best by force. And he works to be the best by force. And he has won. So, uh, again, going back to action sports, I, I ask this question sometimes to action sports coaches, uh, particularly the people who train wing shooters and snowboarders. Uh, and base jumpers, um, and, and they, they have gone through the same process. They have people who go to the base jump and jump, and they leave off their raw talent and improvise all the time. And then you have the methodic ones that study, that prepare, that know the path where they are going, and they know they, what, what they want to achieve. So I think in business and in, in every sport, you can have a little bit of both. Uh, raw talent and, uh, and, uh, and highly driven individuals. Uh, we have that in football. So I, I think most of them, um, what, uh, what, what they are similar is that, uh, you know, they can handle pressure uh, better than anybody else. They, they've been there, they won, you know, uh, they have no blips in performance. They have continuity in their results. Uh, you know, Messi has been at the top for ages. Ronaldo has been at the top for ages. Uh, we kind of uh, almost find ourselves right now a little bit like tennis, where uh, what happens when these two disappear? Who is going to win? Who is the successor? Is it Neymar? Is it Mbappe? Is it Salah? Is it Lewandowski because of performance? 
who is coming up next. And, uh, and a little bit in, in, in tennis, the same, what follows up to Nadal, Djokovic and, uh, and Federer. How do you nourish these players? So Ronaldo and Messi, you're coaching them. How do you help them grow? Well, I never coached them. <laughs> Similar. I didn't have that uh, privilege. Um, I was close. I was close <laughs> two times to both of them, uh, funny enough, in the, in the peaks of my career. But uh, listen, I think uh, right now, uh, Generation X, Generation Z demands different types of leaders. Um, I think the maybe the average daily worker, maybe the the average sportsman is less driven and less focused because what surrounds us right now uh, in the world is uh, is noise and is disruption mm -hmm. and is social media. So uh, the the span of attention I think that you had uh, uh, before you have a lot of you know, things that to, to distract you yeah. from being performant. This is why I was telling you that, uh, you know, for us to be able to be that successful, uh, the few ones that have these characteristics can reach very, very high. Uh, so it's up to us organizations or organizations of clubs, football clubs, to set up situations where uh, players can, uh, can develop. This is another thing that, that intrigues me. And I spoke about this uh, three years ago in the Web Summit. Uh, and I think this is a step that, that football has to take. Football has to reduce the, 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 their calendar, the amount of games that football players play, so that players can actually have time to self-develop. Yeah. Because most of, uh, most of us, uh, you know, uh, players reach uh, 20 years old when they reach pro, and they, don't, they actually don't have time to self-develop or, or, or study the, their opponents. You know, I found uh, situations in my, in my career where I had sit-down players in front of me and, uh, and they told me, uh, boss, who are we playing? Where are we playing in the weekend? So um, <laughs> they, they don't know because there is disruption, because they are, uh, you know, they are not uh, focused enough. Uh, they don't spend time enough in self-development. It's very, very important for football clubs to adapt to the new generation coming. Uh, and, and put them back on track to being performance. Uh, you know, professional footballers, they train uh, one, and a half, one and a half hours per day normally, and they spend uh, four hours in a football club normally. You come from tennis and you know that, uh, you know, uh, elite tennis players put in six, seven or eight hours per day in the training. So this is a shift that has to be done not by us coaches, because uh, unfortunately for us, we are in a short-term business where, where results are demanded by owners. But groups are tribal. And uh, when you inflict too many changes, and I had that, this experience before, uh, you are put out by these tribal behaviors from groups. So this is, this is things that have to be done by organizations, by, uh, by clubs. Uh, this is things that dwell on my mind, reflections, and, uh, and I think it's the, it's the way forward to continue to have uh, performance uh, uh, athletes in, uh, in the sport. Join over 10,000 people who have downloaded our free match and practice PDFs over at functionaltennis.com forward slash downloads. Our match and practice PDFs help you plan and evaluate your matches and practices. We have some other free downloads there for you too. So make sure you go over to functionaltennis.com forward slash downloads. And You've been doing a lot of racing lately. You've been doing yeah. rallying, uh, the Dakar, 
And yeah. what do you see in the top drivers there and from your world in management and soccer? Well, I think mo most of us saw Drive to Survive and what uh, Formula One uh, drivers go through. Um, I, you know, I'm a gentleman driver when I approach uh, racing. So, uh, and I will launch my foundation, Race for Good, in favor of the institutions that I'm a patron of. Uh, so I, I raise, I raise to raise money. Uh, so Race for Good, basically, it's a, it's a financial house for uh, for institutions. So I, I am not under this kind of pressure. I understand that racing for me is a relationship between uh, me, co-driver, and machine. Uh, football is dependent yeah. on 22 guys, plus the ref, plus the stadium, and uh, and the owner's mood. Yeah. So uh, the, the variables there are are much much uh, higher. But uh, but yeah, I've seen driven individuals. Uh, I'm uh, I'm closer right now to uh, to Sebastian Ogier, and uh, he finishes a race and he goes on to testing. And uh, when he finishes testing, he's given a, you know, a one day off and he's back into testing to prepare the, 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 next, uh, the next rally. Yeah. So um, what I find and what I want to explore uh, is that in elite sports, other than football, people train more and prepare more. And I think football needs to take this step. So you think footballers need to train more? I think they need to prepare more, not, not train in the amount of time, but to prepare more, to have time for self-development, for investigation, for mental health. Uh, you know, the, these guys are under huge uh, pressure. We have seen, uh, you know, in this past Olympics, uh, a lot of recent examples of, uh, of people who are under pressure uh, mentally and that they cannot cope under pressure. And it's important that we have, uh, that we football clubs, we also find time and we football coaches, we also find time to understand this dynamic, understand this process. Why are not you motivated for this? Uh, okay, you are paid for this, but what is happening through your head that prevents you from performing? Um, so uh, I think we also need to give the, the tools back to, back to them. And you mentioned earlier about the World Cup, playing for your country. Yeah. Tell me the difference in characteristics of players you say who are successful for their country and not so yeah. good with their club. Well, uh, another intriguing thing, we were discussing this, just to put you into context, we were discussing this uh, in the backstage before. Uh, I find it very, very intriguing, uh, national team uh, performance, these dynamics. So uh, I, I think players, when they go for the national teams, they play for the pride of their country. And I'm really fascinated in and conversations I had with national team coaches. Uh, I find that players have this disposition to be in their national team that is much, much higher than when they are in club football. Okay, it's, it's up to us football coaches to put them at club level, at this level of disposition, of, uh, of this level of performance like we are speaking about. But I think, you know, when there is no, uh, no contract renewals involved, no agents involved, no owners involved, and there is the love for your country, I think this is a special relationship where the player finds himself back when he was in grassroots football. So it's another thing that is intriguing me. I would like, uh, you know, to finish my career doing a World Cup. Uh, 2022 is just around the corner. I am not sure if I'm going to have this possibility or not, maybe in the future. But it's something that is in the back of my head to, uh, to probably, you know, to, to experiment this kind of environment. 
there's any managers out there, give them a go. <laughs> but what, from the business people here, what learnings can you give them? What's the one thing you can say to them to bring into work tomorrow that can help make them a better leader? Well, for, for, uh, leadership, I think, is transversal between business and sports. Because in the end, we, you know, we, we have to motivate people. We have to be able to, uh, you know, put people in their toes to perform. So I think, I think there are lessons that are transversal. Um, I, I was telling before uh, this morning in a radio show, I, I have changed my leadership. I thought my leadership would have been the same throughout my career. I have adapted my leadership because the person in front of me is demanding another type of leader. Sometimes they demand a leader that is more aggressive, more, more punishing. Yeah. Sometimes they demand a leader that is more, uh, you know, conscious of their well-being, of their problems, uh, you know, uh, that is more, more, more touching, you know, more one-to-one -one approach. So I, I think it's very, very important to, 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 to listen all the time, uh, to invite them. Uh, in the beginning, I was not that kind of leader. I was closed, you know, I, I was always very introvert. And to be in contact and in communication, uh, you know, it was something that I was, you know, very wary about. Uh, I was that type of kid in, uh, in school, very, very close, very isolated. And it's funny enough that uh, the process of football coaching has developed me in, into, into this person right now, into you know, being able to speak mm -hmm. in front of uh, players, in front of uh, an audience, uh, etc. So um, it, it's really important to get to know who is in front of you. Uh, and to test different leadership, what the other one wants to hear uh, in order for him to be performant, I think is very, very important. But listen, uh, I think it's a question that you have to do to the, to the, to, to the best in the world, uh, how they motivate, uh, how they are able to get the most out of their players. Um, this, is, uh, this has been the process for me to, you know, to also to listen to other leaders. How do they work? How do they go about their business? Uh, and in business leaders, I found also different models. Uh, a model that I find very interesting is Ray Dalio. Uh, you know, he, uh, he, he leads the biggest uh, hedge fund in the world. Uh, and he has a book called The Principles, where he has written all of the principles that, uh, that he has applied in his leadership. And he has put them onto a machine and to a computer to recall the decision-making process involved when he, Ray Dalio, took a decision. So the book is very interesting. <laughs> it yeah. is that big. So it, it, it takes a few months uh, to read. But it is very interesting. And, uh, and, and of course, there is, uh, there is parallel things between the business and, and sports, for sure. It's, it's really experience. You don't start off as the experienced coach. It takes time to come to your philosophy. Sometimes it takes time by, by trial and also and by experiment. Uh, you know, I, I, have, uh, I have won and I have failed in my career. Uh, I think the modern world, there is less tolerance to failure. And this is very important. The ability to bounce back is very, very important. We, uh, as manager, we are, uh, managers, we are under uh, immense pressure. And we are under uh, uh, intense scrutiny and criticism. So you, you, have, you always also have to have a power to, uh, you know, to, to raise yourself back on, to put yourself back on the horse and go again. 
uh, but uh, it's also about uh, trial and error and experimenting uh, things uh, and write them down. Write where have you been wrong so that you do well the next time. Final question. If you could do one more thing for the rest of your life, race cars or manage football, which would you choose? Listen, uh, football is my job. Uh, racing is my uh, passion. Football is also my passion, of course. Uh, you know, in, uh, in my uh, upbringing, racing was involved. My, my uncle did a Dakar uh, three times and he founded the off-road racing in Portugal. So I, I have that in my blood. But football is my job, is my future. I know it's going to be my future. Uh, in uh, you know, probably in, in different positions. Uh, I'm very, very interesting, as you have seen by this conversation in management. So uh, yeah, I, I project myself into the future, into into football, no doubt. Great. Thank you very much. No problem. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed that. Let me know if you did or didn't, and if anything really stood out for you let me know also until next week get on the tennis court goodbye